wasn't expecting you to be having that look when I came to here, but welcome, did everybody. You, did you see this episode? <laughs> True. Just setting the stage, bro. If I was much better at video editing, I could spaghettify both of us right now. Um, but welcome, everybody, back to the Pixelist podcast. I just had this. I'm sorry. I just had this no, random thought of me like, what if I saw like a different episode? And I was like, what do you mean, spaghettify? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> Which logically would not make sense because we've done all the previous ones. But continue with your intro. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. Ruining, so. <laughs> nope. You guys, you guys know the drill. All the nerdy things we enjoy. I'm Will. That's Blake. Today we're here talking about Loki, season two, episode four. And um, before we get straight into it, real quick, um, any announcements? Not really. Well, Nothing out of so. the ordinary. All of yeah. our usual stuff, you know, join the Discord if you haven't already. Got a lot of great people always chatting and hanging out in there, uh, talking all sorts of things, a lot of D&D mostly. Um, but we'd love to have you join. Um, this Thursday, we're going to be watching Candela Obscura, the finale of Chapter 2. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's a very wholesome and child-friendly <laughs> show. Definitely not, but yeah, uh, it's <laughs> been good. I'm excited for the finale. And then, um, yeah, I think we're going to be doing another watch party this upcoming Sunday as well, but the jury's still out on exactly what we're going to watch because we recently finished our Calamity and kind of our Calamity wrap-up. Um, but we liked it so much. We want to keep the ball rolling with those Sunday night watch parties. So, um, that interests you join the discord. I was thinking maybe putting a poll and having people vote like what they wanted to see yeah. next. So I'd come, say, I'd say, yeah, y'all yeah, throw out your suggestions and then we'll probably put together like a calendar, like, Hey, here's yeah. this month's or like the next two months or something. Yeah. That's a good idea. So, so parties going on the discord for all of those things. So we'll, it'll be linked down in the description. Come hang out. Uh, otherwise, let's just jump straight into this. Um, so <clears throat> Loki episode four, uh, really, really quick recap. Um, you might have to help me on this one because yeah. I, I really only remember the big moment basically, but essentially we've got Victor timely coming back to the TVA after the events of last episode. And they're still trying to figure out how to fix this temporal loom. Um, mm -hmm. Victor Timely meets OB. They kind of, mm -hmm. you know, self-congratulate one another. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and they're trying to devise a way to fix the loom. Um, so they get to work on that. Meanwhile, the bureaucracy, maybe that's not the right word, but of the TVA is kind of, they're trying to come together. We've got the, uh, I can't remember her name, General Docs. General Docs and all of her men are still in prison. So B-15 mm -hmm. goes and is like, hey, like, we still want the same thing. Let's work together. Uh, but the general's not really feeling it. They stay in there. Meanwhile, Renslayer and Miss Minutes <clears throat> are kind of teaming up to do their own thing. Miss Minutes saying, like, maybe we don't even need Kang. Like, we can just do this, you and I. So they have their own plan they're enacting to get up on top of everybody else. And Renslayer actually comes and visits General Docs and all of these prisoners and is like, hey, join me. Um, they all refuse, except for X5, who is the actor guy. And uh, then... Brad. They brutally murder all of yeah. <laughs> General Docs and the rest of them. <clears throat> and basically the episode culminates with um, 
Or we do see Loki complete the full circle self prune moment. We're, yeah. we're going to talk about all this when we get into yeah, the discussion. Yeah. But the, the yeah. episode ends with um, Victor Timely essentially deciding to be the one to go out on the bridge and install this temporal loom fix uh, before everything goes haywire. The doors open. He runs out and just instantly gets spaghettified. And the loom not having its fix in place hits critical mass and explodes. And the episode basically ends cutting to black as this explosion is approaching all of them. Yeah. Anything important I left out there that you want to mention? No, I think you nailed it all. So already. Well, uh, yeah, right, man. Let's, yeah, let's, go ahead. yeah. Let's talk about it. Um, I have, I have watched this scene on YouTube, which I realized <laughs> I was doing it on our Pixelus account. So I was like, Oh gosh, I hope I don't spoil this for Will. Because <laughs> you you just watched it yesterday. Yeah. I watched it uh Thursday. So mm-hmm. I guess three or four days earlier. And so I got really insecure all of a sudden of like, Will's gonna see my watch history and <laughs> Oh no, I didn't see- I didn't notice. So it was some of it was like pretty revealing uh uh talking about this episode, but um bro, this talk about a wild final few moments of an episode for television period yeah yeah especially consider the scene they didn't show anything but the scene with general docs and all of her men too like that was pretty pretty brutal for like a disney plus you know show not that you know they haven't put some more adult things on there at this point but still how about how about the nightmare fuel of miss minutes also being like yeah yeah she's She's crazy, man. What she's like, sadistic. I want to. I want to specifically talk more about her, but yeah, like she was like gleeful at these people being crushed. Yeah. <laughs> Signs that your AI companion might have a problem. <laughs> yeah, she fi- finds pleasure in brutally murdering people. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I loved. I just loved the misdirect of the end of that episode because we we talked a lot about the suspicion of Victor Timely and like what's going to happen, like. How can they trust him? And and also the brilliance of the writing of the previous episode, he's he's very clearly defined as a con man. Right. So we're led to believe that he is going to con them in some way, right? So like I kept waiting for the angle. And in fact, when he was like, I'll do it, I thought he was like gonna go out there and just yeah. like look look up and just be like, <laughs> and yeah. just like throw the thing like off the side <laughs> you know then again like where would he go <laughs> it's like you know you got to come back in here right <laughs> um so i i just was waiting for it and yeah. then when he ran out and just <laughs> that scream just the spaghettification man i was just like i i literally it's rare that i watch a show where like my mouth is just open like i was just like and like I looked at my wife and she was also just like, actually, she was more like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, what? <laughs> um, and then that finale, dude, those final moments, just insane. Totally. Um, <clears throat> same reaction here. I, I loved the, I don't even know if it's fair to call it a subversion. I guess it is. Um, but yeah, the, the whole episode, you're, you're kind of on your toes wondering like, When's the other shoe going to drop? Like when he was getting the the hot chocolate, it was like very suspicious, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I was like, okay. And I was like, I cannot believe they're letting him be the one to go do this. Cause I too thought it was like all part of his master plan. And like, mm-hmm. you know, he was going to make an adjustment or something. Um, so yeah, I loved it. 
love the writing, love the acting this episode. Um, I, I don't think either of us have been like Loki is bad, but we were kind of like eh, this episode two felt a little off. Um, but now, and you know, I, I made my comments about episode three being a bit goofy, but if it had its purpose, I liked it. Yeah. Now with episode four, I'm, I'm really liking like everything. Um, well, I hate, I hate to say it, man, but I, I would say this episode had an amazing finale, but I would say this episode so well characterized what's great about Loki and also characterized like the worst writing that just like drives me crazy. What, what did you like this one? Perfect example. Perfect example. So earlier they're like working on the little loom device mm. and he's like, Oh yeah, it's not working. And he's like, I know the answer. Ka-ching! my my perfect invention and he's like that'll work and you're like wait what is it and he's like i'll take it and he like i'm just like this is like i hate when shows do this <laughs> we're like there's the MacGuffin, there's like the random object that's never explained what it is and everyone in the room somehow knows what it means like how to use it and like oh yeah we can that'll be perfect like i hate that kind of stuff <laughs> So I feel like the start of it was very loose. I thought it was um, very reminiscent of some other things in season two where I've just been like, ooh, it's not really as tight as it was last season. Having said that, the back half felt phenomenal. So I don't know if there's like two different writing teams on this episode, but I will say I think we're a bit spoiled, or rather I'm a bit spoiled because we watched we watched this episode we went back, Joy and I, and watched episode four from season one. Um, and now that's a show, that's a season that is tight from like start to finish. Um, in episode four, last season, we had Mobius getting pruned. Uh, the great before that, like kind of the cat and mouse conversation with Renslayer. Um, Loki and Sylvie fighting the timekeepers. Loki getting pruned. I mean... And it's, I'm not saying like it was more epic. I just know from start to finish, it was it was just a lot tighter. I feel like, um, and yeah. So I'm with you with the the final moments of it, but I still a lot of the intrigue and mystery is just not as um, it's not as atmospheric for me as the first season was. Um, and I don't think this episode uh, av- avoids that entirely. I guess. Um, okay. So, I hear you. Bring it on. What you got? <laughs> no, I hear you. I mean, <clears throat> I, I'll give you the scene with the 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 MacGuffin. Essentially, he did he did pick that up last episode right. in his office and like stared at it. Not that that's like a sufficient, yeah. you know, setup. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, I'll give you that. I didn't really have a problem with it, uh, but it definitely was like, you know, a bit clunky. Um, I. So like that one element aside, um, I I liked the rest, even the beginning half of like the writing and stuff. I liked um, just the things that were set up like uh, between OB and which I want to talk more about Victor Timely and like what came first, the chicken or the egg. So I did kind of right. like that, like because, <clears throat> you know, you said everybody was like knew exactly what that was, but it was really just them two. Right. Or was like Mobius and maybe, everyone else chiming? No, in. maybe. uh What's the what's the person's name? Casey. Oh yeah, Casey. Casey seemed a little bit, you know, he he was maybe fronting a little bit of yeah. like the uh, yeah yeah I know what it is. Don't ask me to explain it, but you know. Well, 
what, um, the only thing that like doesn't make, so th- that would all make sense to me if like it was in the book, but it couldn't have been in the book because then OB would have known about it and like had right. the solution himself. So that's the part that like right. doesn't add up to me. Um, but otherwise, well, it, you know, and it's kind of like my critique from either the, our last episode discussion or before it, where there was so much shrouded in mystery in season two that you're kind of discovering and this one feels like forced forced complexity of like every episode introduces a new like scientific term we had the temporal loom then we had uh you know he remains aura we need his aura and then we had like the device that they're building like the resonator and that like it's it's just getting there are so many levels of like the Oh, well, then that's the Cornox device that you got to use that I'm kind of like, I don't know it for me. It just, it just makes it so clunky. It's hard. It's, it's, it's very hard for me to move past some of these details. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but I feel like, (laughs) I feel like those are just like device, like devices has several meanings here, but I feel like those are just like devices. They're fake plot devices, but like, but what I'll say is the plot plot ahead, as opposed to like a legitimate, (sighs) Like Victor Timely getting spaghettified, that's a legitimate like oh like moment of advancing the plot. Right. It, it feels like these things are like forced. Like I don't want to beat a dead horse. I mean, I, like I said, I, I get what you're saying, and like again with the the one perfect addition that he had, I'm with you. But like the I forgot what it was called, but like the device from episode one that Loki had to use, and like the temporal loom in and of itself, like those are like literal devices and i get what you're saying with like the terminology and but like they are attached to narrative threads and i feel like you know like the whole thread of well the loom is going to explode and so this is just like the tva technological device that we have like attached to that plot thread like this is how we might fix it or you know like Mm -hmm. loki this is how we fix your time slipping and maybe they could have like made a, a tighter like introduction to these things but um I, I don't feel like they're just pointless, like, let's throw terminology at the wall. Like, at least mostly they've been, like, narratively tied to important threads that are happening. You know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree that, that it they have plot importance. I just don't think it's great writing. I, I think this has been a much weaker season. With the exception, like like I mentioned, the finale of this episode very much reminded me of like the brilliance of season one. Um, you know, and I don't think this, this season's bad either. I, I think, I think the season's great. I just think we're talking, I'm talking about a show that was S tier and probably my all time favorite Disney plus show that I would describe as this season. I'd say if someone asked me to be like, it's a good show, but I wouldn't, like previously, what I would say when someone hadn't seen it, I'd be like, you got to watch it. It's one of the all time best shows. It'd be like talking about Breaking Bad versus um, I can't think of like an average show name, not average, but like, oh, that's a good show. Like if someone hadn't seen Breaking Bad, I'd be like, oh, you have to watch it. Yeah. Um, but but who knows? <clears throat> I mean, well, maybe see- I'm being maybe I'm being too harsh for how good the first season was. Right now. And probably at the end of the season, I would agree that season one was better. Like season one was phenomenal, but I don't think, I feel like you're writing this one off too early. 
Like we got two more episodes to go and they're not Bro, necessarily you know going to fix. I got to, I got to, I got to set myself up for, <laughs> you know, I don't want to get hurt. I, I hear know? what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. And I just to, just to reset the, the bar here, <laughs> like just so everyone else is clear. What, were, what are you ranking the show right now out of 10? Out of 10. Yeah. Uh, season one, I'd give like a 9.5. I would give this one probably a seven. Okay. So Maybe I mean, that's 7. still 5. good. Yeah. Still um, a good show. I'd put, I'd, I hate that we keep doing this. <laughs> I'd put Lord of the Rings, uh, not Lord of the Rings. Um, oh, what's it called? Like, oh, uh, uh, Rings of Power. Rings of Power. I put Rings of Power at like maybe a six, maybe a five and a half. So, okay. Maybe that's too harsh from Rings of Power. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. So, well, what would you put season two at right now? Right now? I feel like our scales are slight. Well, if Rings of Power is like a seven, then Loki is season two is probably an eight, maybe an 8.5. And if that was the case, then I put season one at like a 9.8, like just all barely away from perfection. Yeah, I would give Loki like a clear three points over Rings of Power. So like if Rings of Power is a five, Loki season two is an eight for me. Rings of Power wasn't that bad. It I wasn't. Mean, I mean, we've. <clears throat> I think yeah. I've harshed on it since, yeah, think, like, in the time that's yeah. passed. I think we've liked it less as time has gone on. Yeah, yeah. But but anyway, I guess I. So I just don't want to. I don't want to mischaracterize you as like hating this season because I know that's not where you're coming from. But for me, I clearly had my my gripes mainly with episode two. But this one, like, and maybe I'm, maybe it's recency bias for the second half of the episode. You know, I know that's like true. Yeah. I've had a few days to kind of marinate on it and think about it. So that's true. But I really liked it. There were like, the acting was phenomenal to me. And that is, that's one thing I will say is the acting has been extremely tight the entire season. I very much enjoyed uh, everyone who's been casted. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed at least some of the writing, like there were certain moments that I was like, yes, like this is what, this is what Loki has done so well that the rest of the MCU like has not been doing well recently. Um, the first scene that comes to mind when I say that, cause I'm trying to think of examples are Loki and Sylvie in the pie room. Glad you brought this up. And yeah. Um, what's, what's the deal with the pie room though? And the, well, well, we'll I want to, I want to talk yeah, about yeah. that too. You're getting, you're, you're going to talk about the dialogue though. Yeah. Between and them, the whole like, the whole um, the cinematography also of this show yeah. has been gorgeous. Um, yeah. Uh, so on a grand scale, I'm I'm weighing all of those things, then they're making up for you know the little MacGuffin moment and stuff. But anyway, like sure. the line about like uh, I, I'm I don't remember it word for word, but she's like, "What are we playing gods?" And he says, "We are gods." Mm-hmm. I just I loved that because I also loved the like <clears throat> because pre Loki, the TV show, if like you saw like a Loki says we're gods on a script, you would immediately know like, okay, well he's being like a narcissistic asshole saying Mm -hmm. he's a God and that's why he should be able to do what he wants. But like, that's completely flipped on its head here. Like that's not Mm -hmm. the context he's saying it in. It's like, Mm -hmm. he's saying it in a a selfless way. Like, yeah, we have an account of we're accountable. Like, yeah, we owe it to these people. Yeah. So I loved that. Um, Which is a great, now you call it you flipping it, but I mean, very. It's great how that contra that contradicts uh, counters the Loki we see in episode one of season one. Yeah, 
Um, that character's really developed quite a bit over the last two seasons. Um, but also, um, you know, it was interesting, her and Sylvie having this conversation. There's been so much back and forth where it's, it's, I mean, really, honestly, I feel like the, I don't know who the director is or if it's different and some of the changes per episode, but um, I feel like they're just letting these actors really like work their chops. Yeah. Cause like that line, we are gods could have been, I mean, there are so many different ways that could have been delivered that just like, wouldn't quite capture what you're talking about. And Tom Hiddleston like nailed it. I mean, I was like, Ooh, that was really good. (laughs) What are we? Some kind of Loki season two. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so, um, I'm in, I'm enjoying it and a lot of like aside from like the meta criticisms, I'm like really excited about where the these final two episodes are heading based on all the things that have been set up and like the subversions that that yeah. we've had. Like one <clears throat> kind of to move into talking about things about the episode unless you want to unless you had other things to say about um mm-hmm. uh but one of like the big things that I that I've really loved about this show as a whole and also this season is just that like I feel like I have ideas for like what could happen which you know any show you watch you're like okay yeah I think this is this is where they're going with this but with Loki in particular like I have my ideas but like it could so easily be the exact opposite like and to to dilute that down to a singular example this Victor Timely thing where he's volunteers to go do it you know we were both like oh this is where he's making his move. But in fact, the exact opposite was true. Like he really was like earnestly, you know, trying to be heroic and he just gets spaghettified. Like is miss minutes like really evil and is out here just for herself. And she and Rinslayer are on their own. Or is this really the whole plan all along and every move she makes has been calculated, you know, like I don't know which one of those is true. And I feel like either one could be, and I feel like yeah. there's like 12 examples of that in the show right now. Have you read any of like the theories from this episode? No, I haven't. Since I just watched it last night, I uh, yeah have not gotten to dive into any of that. So um, there's one that I think is kind of interesting on this conversation of like, what is the master plan and where could this go? Yeah. There's been kind of like this um, conversation we've had around <coughs> really how much of this is actually like miss minutes, like, you know, forget him. I'm going to do my own thing. And then how much of that is like fake. Yeah. Like yeah. she putting on a front really. Right. And I saw an interesting theory about miss minutes when she, before she gets shut down, um, how she says, you'll never be him. Like this was something said intentional yeah. to embolden him to feel like to try to prove himself. Yeah. 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 Um, but the theory goes on to say, and this isn't like in one singular place. I've seen it mentioned several times now, actually. Uh, that Victor Timely getting spaghettified is actually like distributing his essence across all the timelines mm. um, and like ensuring his existence. I don't know. I can't give credit really. Yeah. You do it justice, I guess. I get but what you're saying. Even, even his death is like perhaps an intentional move by he who remains. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so. what I'm saying. Like, is it that and like this has all been orchestrated and manipulated and like Miss Minutes saying that to him was all part of the plan. Like she knew she was going to get shut off. Like like it was mm-hmm. all part of this manipulated plan or, you know, is she going rogue and doing her own thing? 
But <clears throat> so on that subject, I feel like I, I feel like it could cleanly go either way. But right now I think I'm leaning toward this was all part of the plan. I think so too. Yeah. <clears throat> because the way like the way it's presented in this episode is that Miss Minutes, for lack of a better term, I'm just going to say is going rogue, meaning she's like, not doing what anyone told her and she's just out for herself. Like Renslayer, you and I could run this place. So like, that's kind of how it's presented. Um, you know, like she's, she's mad at Kang, right? She's mad at he who remains. So she's doing her own thing now. But then if that were the case, that last line doesn't make much sense because that last line is like in admiration of Kang, you know, like you'll never Mm -hmm. be him. Like mm-hmm. if she was truly like done with him, mad at him, why would, why would she say that? You know? Right. So that's like the main thing for me to be like, okay, I think this is all just prime manipulation. Insight. Yeah. Now I, I have another thought that's like connected to this, but it kind of changes the subject. I don't know. Like, let well, me just look at my notes real quick. Yeah. I guess before you change the subject, just on this conversation of like the grandmaster plan, like we've said this before, I I feel like, we know the writers have taken inspiration from other timey-wimey even shows kind of like this yeah. in a sense. Um, and, and we've said it, I've said it many times, like I feel like there's like a Matrix vibe here of um, every time the Matrix collapses, like they have to restart and start mm-hmm. again. And I think, you know, we know everyone's, memory we got that confirmed that their memories have been wiped yeah but i feel like even more than that there have been multiple iterations of the tva and like the whole ouroboros eating his own tail um which could i guess on a lighter note making sure we're not like mephistoing or anything um on a lighter note could have just been like the exactly what we saw on the show like who start who really in, inspired whom uh, or who or whatever um but either way I think it would be very interesting if like the TVA is destined to fail at some point, the loom is destined to be destroyed at some point, And he who remains knows this and, you know, this whole thing, this manipulation, having Victor timely die, like these are all very key steps to yeah. always make sure that this specific Kang ends up at the end of time. Um, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense with, to me. With with end of time being a bit of a misnomer, it's not the actual end of all time. It's just the end of every cycle, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, Ouroboros is the cycle. There's been a lot of like cycles right. in the show and in the yeah, MCU. And yeah. And yeah, it's it's <clears throat> implies uh, infinity almost like it just continues endlessly. Yeah. Um, and the the sacred timeline I believe is like a circle, right? Uh like I when think we saw so. it like in season 1 zoomed out, I think it was like yeah. a circle. I don't know. Yeah. Um but also which is, is another point I wanted to bring up but it kind of slots in nicely here. Um the whole theme of of Ragnarok, which even was brought up in season 1 cuz our Loki didn't experience it cuz he was plucked out, you know, after mm-hmm. Avengers. Um but he like he's reading about it in the TVA archives in season 1. This simp like Ragnarok must happen. It's part of like the Asgardian thing. Like it always happens. It's unavoidable. Like maybe that same concept is true for the TVA. So like you were saying, like 
he who remains has to set up the pieces. Like he can't just chill for the rest of eternity. Like he knows this cycle must, mm. must happen. So this is his, you know, contingency you know plan. Interesting about that is we got another nod to Ragnarok in episode two, when they were in the, uh, world fair where they were looking at, um, the different statues for Asgard or whatever. And, um, what's the character's name? Um, Loki was like, why is he even um, mentioned? Balder. Balder. The death of Balder is, I think the first or one Mm. of the first events that, that precipitates, uh, Ragnarok happening. That's right. So, which I thought, I thought, why I was just thinking like, why did the show writers have Balder? Like, why is there even a mention to Balder? Right. Well, maybe they're nodding back to, like, hey, Ragnarok, it's yeah. happening, it's coming. Which, if we think about this theory that you exactly what you just said, it's it would be a very subtle uh, analogy to what will always happen with the TVA. There will always be the Loom's destruction or what have you. Yeah, I like that because it is kind of re- like it was too intentional to just be random that that Balder was there explicitly, like called out and mentioned, and that Loki wasn't. Like right. it was really str- like, why wasn't Loki part of that? Like that was really weird to me. Right. The initial thoughts I had, I, I don't know if you heard this, but um, for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Balder was originally going to be, I think, one of the Illuminati uh, played by Daniel Craig. Like they got like oh. really far in like the casting. And I don't, I don't know why it like fell apart, <clears throat> but that was my first thought when I saw that, like when they mentioned it, I was like, oh, maybe this is a little Easter egg about that. But I like what you're saying way more that this is like intentional and kind of alluding to the Ragnarok thing because this show feels more intentional than like mm-hmm. the random, yeah. like just a stupid casting Easter egg thing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I really like that. Plus, I like that. And I mean, at the end of this episode, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. But like Ragnarok is essentially happening, seemingly. Um. And I like that to parallel the characterization of like MCU Loki to TV show Loki. Like I would just mentioned TV show Loki didn't experience Ragnarok, but now he is in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I just, I liked that. Um, <clears throat> but to cycle back real quick to our whole main discussion we were having there is like, if this was the whole plan all along from he who remains, uh, what's interesting to think about. And we touched on this, I think in our last episode, but at the end of season one, you know, the whole dichotomy was <clears throat> kill me and much more of me will come or, you know, take my place and, and keep it going or whatever. Well, they kill him. And the implication is like time's gone crazy. But just like we've talked about, like time really hasn't gone crazy yet because the temporal loom is keeping things in order, you know, but it's reaching critical mass or whatever. So if even though they killed Kang, if he really did want to come back, like want the next multiversal version of himself to come back, he needs the loom to blow up because right now things are still, even though it's like getting chaotic, like things are still contained. So like for his plan to truly be enacted, Ragnarok almost has to happen. Right. Right. So therefore maybe this was like, maybe this, these are all machinations to ensure that, things don't get fixed, you know? So Miss Minutes is pulling the strings. Which, <clears throat> also her last line of like, you'll never be him, has to mean that there was more at play than just 
what was on what was face value because the face value plan was get Victor Timely the book so he can become Kang. But clearly she you'll never be him. Like she knew Victor Timely was not he who remains. So like clearly there was another angle there. I mean, clearly Miss Minutes hasn't even told Ravona Renslayer what's happening here. Because Ravona's even right. like, do what now? And it's like, yeah, put you know, put the book in the window. And so I mean I, I think I think part of it is like knowing how sadistic Miss Minutes is. Like part of it was like just pettiness. Like, I hate you. <laughs> but then I think there's more to it, like you said, of what it's very it's very unreliable information. Like she's telling Ravona Renslayer this is like very important, but not in the in the way that we thought it was important. Um, I very much think Victor Tommy was meant to die, mm-hmm. and maybe even in the way that he died as well. Um but I was going to say something else too about, oh, interestingly enough too, we've, we're having this sort of Ragnarok moment. It made me think of what, what was that past TVA that Loki, you know, mind, uh, tele, uh, time jump to in the premiere and in the finale of last episode where like, we thought it was present day because they were looking at their temp pattern. They were seeing all the timelines were going crazy and like, what do we do? We didn't know it was in the past. So like, has something like this happened before? Um, and really, just for me, it just, it just speaks to like the cyclical nature of, you know, the sacred timeline gets formed. <clears throat> yeah. He remains, dies or something. The loom explodes and it all just starts again and again on a, a singular thread of time. Um, so. Yeah, that at least seems to be the case for my money um i I keep i keep thinking of like all these different things i want to dive into on that note which i just had this thought so i you know i don't know if this even is gonna make any sense but we had the protections turned off the magic dampeners which was a lot of questions answered um so the lokis can use their magic in the tva now also presumably would the infinity stones work that are there right Um, so like there's that but also like i wonder if whatever whatever that was not just the magic dampener but whatever these things were that were in place that are now off could that have anything to do with the way the tva seemingly operated by different time travel rules you know Mm. like we said what else like with the tva specifically like whatever happened happened Whereas in other places it branches like, could that could branches be true now with these protections off or is that just not related at all? Yeah. I don't know about the infinity stones since they just get thrown into a drawer. It seems like if they could still work even with the magic dampeners off that they'd be like, Hey, for safety's sake, we should probably, you know, system reboots. Right. have these somewhere. Right. Um, But maybe nobody knew that. Except for right. OB and like Miss Minutes, True. you know, but yeah. 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 I mean, you would think, well, <clears throat> Infinity Stones might operate under different. I know in the comics, they only work in the universe they're from. Right. But which is not the case. Uh, right. Because we saw. Uh, in what's in game. Right. Yeah. So. So, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it doesn't seem like that's going to be at play here. 
that's just like an for me that's just kind of like an interesting thing to think about but like i really don't necessarily see the stones being used this season do you i think it, i think it would be i don't know it feels like going it feels like it would be going backwards yeah i feel like that's not gonna happen um you know i mean I, that was you know a couple of years ago so i, I don't know it <laughs> maybe it would work you know maybe it'd be like oh i remember we had the infinity stones but I just don't know. I don't know yeah. if, it, if it would land well with me. So, okay. Yeah. So, to like I said, I got like seven things I want to talk about. But back to the Miss Minutes real plan situation. Um, I even think that, like we were saying, like if everything's been calculated and stuff, that the whole manipulation of Renslayer was calculated. Like Kang was like, "Hey," and at this yeah. point reveal to her i wiped her memory yeah i agree okay which that kind of answered some questions for us about i think we were talking about last ep like were they king Mm. and queen atop the throne and he got rid of her which essentially is i think what happened um i still don't think that not that she's not an ai but i'm still not buying the chess bot Mm. origin story for miss minutes yeah i don't know i don't know i mean i know we've thrown out i think it's even been mentioned on social media like is it a renslayer variant of some kind yeah um i will say i'm okay if that shoe never drops like if it just if the plot never gets me too carried forward about that yeah me too um i do think i think it's very interesting how sadistic she is like i'm very curious miss minutes origination um yeah like you know could which, it be like an ultron variant or something yeah oh yeah see that's that's i think where it gets extremely interesting honestly but um i will say you know what else is like a really obnoxious writing trope is like when something crazy happens two episodes before the finale and then instead of finding out like what happened in the next episode they do like it's like a bottle episode or it's like a flashback of yeah, like, yeah. but like I could see them. Uh, the last of us did this too, by the way, I, I hate when shows do this, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I'm getting feisty on this one, but um, I, I don't ever watch the next time um, previews. I didn't I just don't ever want to get ruined. So um, I would love to get a miss minutes, like from start to finish, like origination story. I don't want to get it in episode five. <laughs> So I'm like, let's keep the plot going. But I would be okay with it for like, if we get a season three, which hasn't been confirmed yet, getting that as like an episode two, mm. um, you know, something like that, I think would be really, really cool. I, I, for the most part, I agree with you on the whole trope of cut away from the big moment, but I think it works sometimes. And in the specific, the hyper specific theoreticals, if we got like a Miss Minutes flashback, I think I would be okay with that because like I'm so interested in that. Boo! <laughs> there's Boo like this man. There's no way you like like no case where that trope pays off for you. You just I hate can't, it. I think I didn't like it in The Last of Us. Uh, I, I wouldn't like it here. I didn't like it in Lost, where like it was towards the end, and then there was like the whole like Richard origin story. Yeah. Which again, these aren't like these aren't bad episodes ever. Yeah. Yeah. Just like when they get slotted in the finale, like in the finale section, yeah. I'm just like, why are we slowing the, the story down? Like put this at the start, please. So, 
yeah, I, I mean, I understand that. That's a that's a fair it's a fair take. I, I'm I'm sure marketers much smarter than me like have the numbers and metrics about how it's actually like really good for engagement. Like the fact that it's such a consistent trope, I just can only assume that there's there's math behind it as to why it's so good for the show. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's anyway. just like well we set up this really interesting piece here and we cut away from it. People are going to keep watching until we go back to that. You know, like I'm sure at some yeah. level it's kind of that. Um, but I, I hear you. I, the miss minutes would be like the, one of the only things that I could be like, okay, I'm cool with this. But if they did like something else or maybe Mobius, and I guess it would also depend on like how long, right? Cause if it was just like the opening vignette, like the first five think- minutes of the episode and then it goes back, yeah. like, would you still have a problem with that? No, I wouldn't. But I also think I'd be okay with Mobius because his identity is such, he's a main character Mm. and his identity is such a central point to the show that like for me, like that, that it's like a big question mark. It keeps getting brought up. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I think sometimes when it's done in the past, it's like characters that are like side characters, like Richard and lost. Yeah. Who it's like, yeah, I want to know what happened, but also, you know, it doesn't really matter what happened to you. Um, or, or it's, it's, it's an interesting, it does answer questions or it is interesting to the plot, but it's not necessarily like that important, I guess. I don't know. But like his origin, I'd be like, whoa, that's like, that's a mega thing we've been wondering. So, which just since we're there already, like that has to be one of the the things that's in the next two episodes. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, like, does it have to be something important? You know, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, but I feel like it will be addressed. I think think that's what was a really great. um, I hate that they went backwards on this. I really liked in uh, Star Wars, uh, the new trilogy Mm. (laughs) with um, what's her name? Ray. The whole question, like, who's her parents? Who's who's her parents? And then Kylo's like, they're nobody. They're dead in in a like that was such a like. Oh, yeah, I I, I love that part. I hate that they went away from that, (laughs) you know, but Uh I think sometimes like that to speak to what you just asked, like, I think sometimes that's just as compelling is they actually aren't. It wasn't like this big story. It's just it was ordinary. It was mundane. Um, So I'd be okay if it wasn't something epic. Yeah. You know? Yeah, me too. And that's that's another like to speak to the to both the acting and the writing is like a general term, something I really liked in this episode when Sylvie called him out on it, uh, called Mobius yeah. out on it. Um, <clears throat> cause he's scared. Right. I mean, they talked about this in, I guess what it was it episode two, whichever one where Loki and Mobius were having pie, you know, his fear was that his life was good on the right. timeline. Um, right. so it would be really interesting to see, like he has a wife and kids and like, he's just been, you know, willfully ignorant this whole time. Um, <laughs> He's married to a, a Tom Hiddleston variant. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, the fanfics are going it, crazy. Yeah, I had it great. <laughs> <laughs> they're just jet skiing together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, they're like doubled up on a jet ski. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there we go. So, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> it's when I draw the line. <laughs> it's so, too funny. <laughs> I I want to find out about that. Um, but yeah, I love just that characterization and of yeah. the the humanity of like being ignorance is bliss like he doesn't want to know because then it can't hurt him you know yeah um, yeah <clears throat> would you want to know oh man i feel like i like if i'm in his shoes exactly 
I feel like I would want to know, but I totally understand not wanting to look, you know, but I think I would have to look. Yeah. What about you? I think hundreds of years deep in this thing, I would have to not know. Yeah. You At that point, you just can't. I just, yeah, I just think I would have to not know. Mm. Otherwise, You're such a spoiler it, it, demon though, man. I feel like it's true. <laughs> I don't know if you'd be able to resist. I might take a peek. <laughs> when no one's watching. <laughs> Oh. So. Okay, to slightly segue here, the pie room, which I know you mentioned yes. earlier. What is going on with this? What is going on with this? Sylvie so, also accidentally ended up here, right. just like they did earlier. Right. Like something weird's going on. Yeah, how do people keep accidentally finding their way? And for a show that's, I, 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 even though I knock them for lazy writing, for certain elements being so tightly written, like there has to be something about like, well, oh, how did I find myself here? What's going on here? Yeah. And just having a whole room dedicated to very green key lime pie. It's very strange. Yeah. There's, there's absolutely something there, but I don't like. It's like impossible to guess. <clears throat> right. Other than we have said like maybe it's um, it feels like the strongest ties. What we said last episode about how Mobius despite memories being wiped had sort of like the subconscious memories of like how to get to Obi's room. Mm. And like, it seems like that is the strongest tie is like they spent time in the pie room. It was, you know, but surely Sylvie, that's where it threw, threw a wrench for me. Cause I thought, well, surely Sylvie hasn't spent a lot of time here in the past, but maybe she has, I don't know. It reminded me of, and not, <clears throat> It's not that similar, but in the term, in the way it's found reminded me of the, um, the room from Harry Potter. You remember where like it appeared when you needed it and like whatever was, it, and it held inside of it, whatever you needed. Um, no. so not uh, like the inside of it completely not the same at all, but the fact that like, you don't like, you can't go to it. You just kind of end up there. Um, <clears throat> that's what it's reminding me of, which makes me think like, there's some sort of like sentience to the TVA. Like, like how, how can people just like end up there when they're not even mm. trying to go there? Um, and I bet it, it almost seems like you couldn't go there if you were trying to, which we don't, there's no evidence of that, but um, yeah, I don't know like what. <clears throat> and there's also, there's always like deep conversations held there. Um, and no one else is ever there, which is weird, uh, which also yeah. plays into the fact that like, you can't go there. Um, if you're trying to almost, um, yeah. I feel like maybe the, like, <clears throat> could it have something to do with memory? Like either eating the pie gets the nutrients in your system that Kang then manipulates to wipe your, like, you know, I'm not saying it's that exactly, but like could have something to do with the fact that they are kept as like mindless drones almost seems like you wouldn't want people to like to accidentally find themselves there unless you wanted them to. Right. Like, yeah. well, if you're, well, yeah, I guess if it was like a way that they maybe were being like, controlled, maybe it was like an, yeah. like an air tag in the pie or something, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, but is it like, that's the only food we've ever seen. Right. I'm trying, I haven't watched season one since it aired. So I don't remember if they were like, no, I think they were eating in season one. I feel like they, I feel like I remember yeah. like a cafeteria scene. But maybe it was when they were on the timeline. It feels like some of this is like um, we just don't have the space for it because like they're in the middle of like a massive civilization, but you never see anybody. 
Um, they never seem to eat, sleep, shower. I think those things happen, but that for the sake of the show, it's like, you know. So I, I think they eat, right? I mean, I mean, they, they eat because they ate the pie and then also they yeah. ate like at McDonald's and stuff. Right. Um, in addition to the pie, we've talked about this a few times now, too, is that hot cocoa machine seems to like. Yeah, it's brought it's been brought up almost in every episode. Mm-hmm. I feel whatever it is, I feel like there's something to be revealed about the pie and maybe the hot chocolate, mm. like maybe anything that's consumed in the TVA, like is doing something like helping with the memory manipulation, helping with like keeping them roided up to work 24 seven. Like, I don't know, but it feels like there's well, something there and two sweet things, you know, hot cocoa and yeah. pie. Um, it's like two kind of treats or snacks, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. Something going on there though. Yeah, something sure. going on with the pie room. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, one. Well, there might be multiple things, but one thing I I definitely wanted to talk about is like the end of this episode and kind of like what happens next. You know, like <clears throat> I kind of see two possibilities to put it really simply. First one is Ragnarok happened, and the next two episodes are like the fallout of that um meaning i mean clearly all the characters didn't just die there's two more episodes to go so like that blast wave could maybe be akin to pruning potentially like you know so they're not like evaporated but they're sent to the eliath world or whatever um or by some metric Ragnarok does not happen and it is able to be prevented. Like this is just a glimpse at like, Oh Mm. no. But then like maybe throughout the course of the next two episodes via time travel shenanigans, Loki is able to like fix this. I think we said something like that around episode one or two. I think one of us said something like, like, you know, what if in some ways, not just is it destined to fail, but like, are they then going to be realizing they have to now stop? what actually happens um the only like issue with it is it seems to like rub up against the the tva being like a singular timeline thing which this is all you know this is getting kind of interesting too because you know it's the um i can't think what it's called but um like loki pruning himself for example like how could loki prune himself when it he hadn't originally been, you know what I'm saying? Like the whole thing is, I can't think what the, that yeah, it's like the, the grandfather part paradox. Yeah, it is a paradox. though. that's the word I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll be interested to see like how much of that comes into play. Um, knowing that this is like the, all the timelines that are like exploding. <clears throat> I wonder if like, they're going to get thrown across like a bunch of different times or something. I think that has to be what like, that has to be an element. You know, I also wonder like, what's happening in the MCU? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I wonder if they're going to address that at all. Cause if all the timelines explode. I mean, well, they're not necessarily, well, so the way I'm understanding explode, it, but like, you know, the way I'm understanding it, the MCU, as we know it, all the movies and stuff we've seen have always been the sacred timeline. 
which is what's been like intentionally kept pure. And it seems like all the chaos of this season is on the other side of things, like the new ones being born. So now that it's exploded, like if that actually like does damage to timelines is yet to be seen. But up until this point, I would assume that the MCU has been fine because it's been one of the right pre-established ones. So it wouldn't have been one that was pruned or anything. You know? Well, and I didn't mean like the chaos of this season, like what's happening on earth. I mean, like this seemingly like Ragnarok esque moment. Yeah. What's at the same time or the fallout of it, how does that affect the MCU? I'm very yeah. curious about, which maybe that is what leads to um, secret wars. Like maybe this is like the main plot thread for that. Yeah. I mean, at the very split. least, I guess it's now open to the rest of the multiverse for, you know, other Kangs to come in, which they presumably are given the Avengers movies we know that are coming. Um, but yeah, I, <clears throat> so <clears throat> Do you have a, a, not like a guess necessarily, but are you leaning one way or the other as far as like, no, Ragnarok happens and we're dealing with it versus it's prevented? I think I think I I could see them have to go back and stop it from happening, even though that does, like I said, rub up against kind of what we've seen. Right. The other theory I have is like, it was meant to happen. It was going to happen. And wherever they are, whether they're thrown across a bunch of different timelines, like their process is going to bring about like the restarting of the TVA, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I think that because of the, the rubbing, like you said, of what happens happens at least thus far that we've seen in the TVA, unless that the magic dampeners being off change that. Um, But I, yeah, it feels like it, is going to happen the Ragnarok I mean but I could see them doing the, the we got to prevent it somehow um right in in either case I 100% feel like like Loki is going to be visiting different timelines in the past present and future to to solve things because I feel like that narrative thread was set up in the first episode when he was just blinking between them uncontrollably and then it was, and it was solved by the end of the episode, which was still cool. And I enjoyed that plot thread, but I feel like that was Mm -hmm. like, I feel like that has to be returned to. Um, Yeah. So regardless of the circumstances, I think that's where the story's going. Is Loki going to be, whether he can control it or if he's just randomly teleporting again, Mm -hmm. like put the pieces together in the different timeline to fix things. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm excited for. I am as well. Two episodes left on this great show. Yeah. Just too bad. Oh, one other thing that we that I wanted to dive into if you still got time. Yeah. Um, the whole OB Victor Timely thing, which this is a thing we talked about in all of our episodes thus far of like who is OB? Is he the real right creator of the TVA? And I still think he is full full fledged, especially the knowledge that we have at the end of the episode where seemingly Victor timely was just a pawn and wasn't really, I mean, he was clearly smart, but in the flashbacks of him at the world fair, like he was a con man, his inventions didn't work. Like the, the loom he had at the fair got lightninged and then it blew up the pants. Yeah. But then Obi, Obi did call him like would have been Albert Einstein with the right resources. Right. But I don't, I don't, I think that, I don't know why OB thinks that, but I think he's been manipulated or misled because 
I'm not I'm not happy with the paradox answer of they both influenced each other because Victor yeah. Timely was a con man. His inventions didn't work. Everything he knew was from OB's book. So he still could have been like a smart guy, but like he didn't invent any of those things. It all came from the book he was given. Now we don't know why OB said he was inspired by Victor Timely. That's the part that doesn't really make sense because like it would have to be a different Victor Timely because this one never wrote down his own ideas in a book that OB could have learned from, you know? Yeah. Well, and we know this Victor was a branched timeline Victor. True. Well, he came so, from the sacred timeline, but then it created a branch. It, it, exactly. It became a branch timeline right. once yeah. he got the book. Right. So maybe, maybe the, the original OG Victor mm. timely um, is where Obi got inspiration from. That's really sad. If so, because then they took this like brilliant guy's life. Right. And just used him and made him not nothing, but you know, it robbed him of like a, a genius life. Um, well, keeping it, you know, in multiversal theory, there that Victor still did happen, still had their, you know, it's like it's the whole theme of the show, like you know, pruning people, you're killing people. So, yeah, you know. But so I don't know how to, and that that could be the case. What we just outlined, but for me, I still think that, and I don't know why Ob would think that. Because we know his memory can't be wiped. Well, I guess we don't know that. But his memory seemingly has not been wiped like other people's has. Um, so I think that he still is the one that did everything. And he's just, mm-hmm. by some means, been been tricked or misled. Um, yeah. I'll have to see. I am liking Obi. I love that actor. Oh, the other the other point to this whole OB is the real one. He has the authority to reboot the system and lock out Miss Minutes. Yeah. Cause surely no like not just anybody could do that. Like surely Mobius right. or Casey can't walk up and reboot right. the system. Right. And so why on earth would he have that authority or power? Like surely. You know, yeah. so the, there's definitely something going on between yeah. Kang and him, like we've said, but yeah. you know, we may come to find that out in the next two <clears throat> episodes, hopefully, especially if we don't get a season three. I mean, I definitely want some of these questions answered. Yeah. Which I don't know if we're getting one still or not. I feel like, I feel like if the people involved like want to, like if Tom Hiddleston is still down to, wear the crown how could they not like i feel like i haven't really looked at the the general reception to this show so far but i know season one was beloved and i'm pretty sure people have been happy with season two so like especially with the yeah. mediocre slate that marvel has been putting out you gotta yeah. imagine they would want to keep this up i don't know the top two results are loki season three probably not happening and really? the next one loki season three is unlikely why? I mean, I know you haven't like read the full article. I haven't, I haven't it... read the articles; they're just the headlines. Um, and then the third one, uh, the series is open ended, but there's currently no third season planned as of October 2023. Well, I mean, it it would it would make sense in so far as no other show has gotten a season two, and like yeah. obvious, clearly the events of both season one and two have been massive 
setting up stones for the entire MCU, like with where we're mm-hmm. headed with Kang Dynasty and stuff. So I can at least understand if like clearly season two is going to tee up all of that. Maybe they don't know what the direction of the MCU is going to be. And they don't know how Loki's TVA timeline would necessarily fit into like the next phase. Um, maybe, that's, maybe this is copium, but maybe that's why they haven't like currently greenlit it. But it still could happen type of thing once they figure out where yeah. they're going next. I mean, the MCU needs great content like Loki. I mean, definitely. Really, like phase since phase four, I've been like so much less interested or much more disinterested but yep spider-man and black panther were like the really only good things movie wise i I feel like anyway um well uh let us know what y'all thought about the episode and your theories as to what these last two episodes might entail and don't forget we do have a discord you can join and talk about the show there as well we also cover a lot of D&D and Critical Role and Worlds Beyond Number and Dimension 20 stuff. So you can check that out as well. Yes, sir. All righty, y'all. Well, until next time. See ya. See ya.